Today on Tips from the Top Floor, we look at getting your digital files onto an analog photo and we're doing the search for the rainbow's missing color. Masterclass offers exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. Learn everything from game design to photography to French pastry fundamentals. Get unlimited access to every masterclass with $30 off at masterclass.com slash topfloor. That's masterclass.com slash topfloor for $30 off your first year of the all-access pass masterclass.com slash top floor this is tips from the top floor 874 for august the 8th 2019 hey hello and welcome it's chris markwart you're listening to tips from the top floor episode 874 for august 2019 the year is uh, uh, yeah filling up again there's there's this this twitter account that posts uh every day posts a progress bar of uh how much progress the year is already from zero to 100 percent uh we crossed the 50 a while ago kind of depressing to watch anyway it's beautiful today it's a wonderful day it is uh august it is sunny summer i like that i like that T- tomatoes are growing in the garden zucchini cucumbers um yeah everything's coming along nicely so yeah what do we have on today's show oh yeah Mm, ah, mm, ah. the july slack challenge is over yeah i know it's already august but uh yeah i just it just took a bit longer (laughs) um so yeah we do this uh, challenge every two months uh matt gives us a new challenge and then at the end of those two months i will look at the photos and i will choose uh, about three of them to talk about so here we go uh, the topic was sky and uh, 21 of you participated thanks for that awesome and uh, i will talk about the photos i'll put the links to the photos in the show notes so you can watch along and uh, as usual I, a bunch of those are on uh, on the tfttf slack and some are on other sites so you might have to have a slack login to see them um but i'm I'm trying to make them as public as i can so let's start the first one i chose was by robert oldenburg spotted cow and he writes uh, uh as a description he writes a cow statue in southeastern wisconsin down the highway from new glarus wisconsin also the name of a company that brews num- numerous beers among them spotted cow so what do we see? We see a cow a statue on a little, yeah, what is it, a pedestal? It's, it's more than a pedestal. It's a little mount, a little hill made from uh, rocks. And it had se- the picture has several things that made me look. And you know, when I look through the pictures, I usually see them when they're on the page, they're almost like thumbnail size. So uh, uh, photos that catch my eye as a thumbnail have a good chance for me to look be looked at earlier than others. I look at every single one, promise. But um, that one caught my eye because um, of a few things. First of all, the sky is quite prominent in the f- in the picture. It's, it's a prominent feature, which helps because the, the the assignment was about sky. As very nice clouds with the blue sky, great contrast there between the the bright of the cloud and the uh, the blue of the sky, while nothing being overexposed. That's what I love in cloud photos when the clouds are. Uh, intact right it's, it's easy for for clouds at least the the edges of the clouds that are 
white and maybe directly lit by the sun. Uh, for those to burn out, that's easy, but it doesn't help with with them looking nice. I really like when the, there's some completeness in in a sky. Uh, so that's what I will typically expose for if I can. And if the brightness in the sky is too high and the foreground is too dark, then I'll use an Andy Grad filter to at least partially bring down the sky in, in exposure and make it more similar to the foreground. And then, yeah, that's that's how I do it. Um, then the cow in this photo is on a, yeah, again, it's a mound, little thing made of rocks. And the rocks are yellow. And that's a wonderful complementary color contrast to the blue sky. So that maybe that was the thing that drew me in, the beautiful clouds and uh, the yellow-blue contrast. And then also the sides of the of that little hill make lines that point to the cow. So the cow is very central, very, very centric uh, composition, which does totally work in this context. And yeah, works as a thumbnail and in a bigger photo. So Robert, thank you for that. Next one by Joe Russo, Golden Sunrise. And uh, he writes... I got up for sunrise after seeing how the lake near my house looked when I dropped my son off at his camp. Not disappointed by what I saw there. So, yeah. It, it, okay, what do we see? Let me explain if you're not looking. Early morning, right? It's a warm early morning light, so the sun has just come up. Um, it's almost monochrome. It, it's very warm. The entire photo is warm, so... That really tosses the entire thing into a very warm, almost monochrome light. Uh, it's a lake. The water is pretty quiet. Not much wind. That's very typical for early mornings. So if you want a nice, nice motionless reflections, you will get those early morning, not in the evening, or at least depending on where you are. I've seen some of the some of the quietest, beautiful, most beautiful water for reflections I've seen. In uh, Norway a few years ago when we were there uh, during the midnight sun. So we were out taking sunrise photos at 1 a.m. And the sun was over the water. It was just like a mirror. Really nice. Um, so then in the photo there's a bit of mist over the water. And in the trees in the back. Which gives it like a very nice mood. Again something that <laughs> you won't get in the evening typically. it's uh, That's a morning thing. And then the sun is coming up behind the clouds and it's reflecting in the lake. And I really like the symmetry in that. The reflection makes a nice symmetry. And while the sky doesn't take up like a whole lot of the photo, it is, it's important because it's bright and warm in color and it, it reflects and it draws your attention. So this photo wouldn't be as interesting uh, without the sky. Now, the one thing, the, the little nitpicky thing here is that the edges of the clouds in the top are, like, burnt out. Uh, but, yeah, okay. So maybe next time try HDR here and just bring down the clouds and the edges of the clouds a bit without making it look too fake. Um, that would be my only recommendation. But, hey, it drew me in, so it worked. Um, and last but not least... The, 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 the third picture is by Sean Grimes. The title is Dream. And 
He writes, I saw a ton of light hitting this building in my neighborhood and then the dream sign in the window. Kind of obvious, but thought the elements of dream, the sky and the wide angle complemented each other. So <laughs> this was one that wasn't as obvious. I mean, the thumbnail didn't really pull me in, which again, uh, doesn't have to, but it might be a bonus sometimes. No, this is a black and white photo. It's not even super high contrast. Um, even though the the subject in there, I mean, the, the house with the sun shining straight at it is kind of high contrast, but um, the, technically the camera did, did a very good job. It's an unusual perspective. Uh, I usually like straight lines, but this is like pointing upwards along the building into the sky. And then in one window, there's this dream, uh, the sign that says dream. And of course, what makes the photo and what, what complements is the wispy clouds that you have on the right-hand side of the photo. That, that works really well together. And uh, the, ang <laughs> the angle of the photo, the fact that you don't even see the ground, that's kind of a bit destabilizing. Uh, but that's also what puts some tension in the photo for me. So uh, it's kind of a counterbalance to the to the to the dream theme here um and i like the contrast of these wispy clouds against this against the sky I, I assume you shot this digital and then probably lowered the blue channel or used some filter uh in film times you'd have used an orange or like a red filter in front of the lens to achieve that same effect of a darker sky against the brighter clouds um, you can see that in a lot of a uh, lot of Ansel Adams photos. So yeah, works for me. And um, that's it. Thanks, Robert. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Sean, for participating. Um, and everyone, everyone, thanks for your photos. Even if I didn't talk about yours specifically, I looked at all of them and lots of great stuff in there. So it was a tough choice. And now... We're on to the next challenge. Release Pixie, Matt. Take it away. Hello, everyone. Rapsitar the Release Pixie here, and it's time for another Slack challenge. The July 2019 challenge is wrapping up, and it's time to roll right into the September 2019 challenge. So the topic for this month is a bit more open to interpretation. The topic this month is soft. So go out, take a brand new photo that you think represents the topic of soft, whether that's your focus or... The subject. Give the photo a name, post it up on your favorite hosting website, post a link to the Slack challenge channel on the tips from the top four Slack, and get that done before September 30th, 2019. And Chris will pick a few at the, after that deadline, and he'll talk about them on the show. And good luck to everyone. Happy shooting. Happy shooting. So there we go. Soft. That's the next challenge. Soft. And uh, you'll have until the end of September to participate or bring your photo and post it in the on the TFTTS Slack in the right channel. Now, here's how you can participate. If you're already on the TFTTS Slack, then go to the new challenge channel. It's named Challenge Sept, Challenge Dash Sept 2019. Um, you'll find it. Just just go to the channel list, search for challenge uh, to the channel list search for challenge so uh, if you are already a slack member I'll yeah I can put the link to the new channel in the show notes you can just click on that um, if you're not a member of the TFTTF slack just yet 
<laughs> you're missing out. You really are missing out. Um, and it's really easy to get on there. It's free. It's a wonderful community of listeners, other people like you who listen to this episode. There's no reason to not get in contact. Um, you just go to tfttf.com slash yslack, tfttf.com slash w-h-y-s-l-a-c-k to get access and our CIO Rusty Russ will be more than happy to let you. And I think he's on vacation for a while, so I might do that myself. So yeah, tfttf.com slash slack. And again, as usual, there's no prizes to win. The, the reason for you to participate is motivation, right? It's about going out, getting back into photography, get off your butt and do some photography. And uh, of course, get your photo, get a chance to have your photo reviewed here on tips from the top floor but yeah that's what this is all about and again don't just pull out an old photo from your catalog take a new one that's the entire point of this exercise <sighs> so yeah you have until the end of september um really looking forward 21 last time we can do better come on come on go out take a photo soft and uh i'm looking forward to what you're gonna bring to the table Let's give a warm welcome to a new sponsor on this show. We're talking about Masterclass. Whatever you're passionately curious about, you can keep digging in and learning more with a master of the field when you sign up for Masterclass. Of course, <laughs> I personally, I went straight to the photography classes. Uh, there's one by Annie Libowitz, And not only is everything on the site so well produced and it's such a nice intimate setting like i mean it's like you're sitting in your living room with annie uh, the content is great it's right up my alley Annie's stories they they are just great and there's so many things in there that resonate with me 100 about about reducing the kit about how she deals with lighting um, there's even assignments in there i really really enjoyed that and of course the photography is one aspect of masterclass but uh, browsing the site, <laughs> I quickly ended up putting like four or five other classes right on my list um, that have nothing to do with photography, really, but that I, I still can't wait watching. There's one with uh, Dead Mouse about electronic music production. I'm a musician, so this is, again, right up my alley. Uh, there's one with Malcolm Gladwell about writing. Yep, we all write this or that, and there's a lot to learn there. And... I mean, yeah, I'm a, I'm a nerd at heart. So <laughs> the the one that uh, I'm actually looking right at right now is Penn and Teller teaching about magic. This is yeah, this is great. Anyway, Masterclass offers exclusive access to online classes taught by masters of their craft. Learn the art of photography from Annie Leibovitz and adventure photography from Jimmy Chin and tons more. Masterclass offers classes on everything from game design to basketball to French pastry fundamentals. There are over 60 classes and new ones are added all the time. Lessons are about 10 to 15 minutes long and you can explore them in whatever order you'd like on your phone, tablet, Apple TV and computer. Plus, Masterclass offers a 30-day money-back guarantee when you sign up for annual membership so you've got nothing to lose. Now you can have unlimited access to every Masterclass and as a TFTTF listener, you'll get $30 off. Just go to masterclass.com slash topfloor for 30% off your first year of the all-access pass. That's masterclass.com slash topfloor for unlimited access to Masterclass at $30 off masterclass.com slash topfloor. 
Hello, Chris. My name is Joshua Peterson. I'm calling from Northeastern Washington. My question is this. Is there any type of digital to film transfer? Uh, what I mean is, is there any services that will allow a digital photographer to transfer their digital files to 35mm film. Thank you. Love the show. Keep up the good work. Thanks, Joshua. Um, digital to film transfer. <laughs> it's, those services used to exist for like quite some time, um, but they're getting kind of rare these days. Um, they used to transfer digital f files to slide film, um, either for like archival purposes Uh, but also in a business context. So you could proje project them with a slide projector. Um, that was, I mean, initially when there were computers, there was like stuff like PowerPoint and, uh, but the projection systems just weren't good enough. So that was before digital projectors were affordable and of good enough quality. And up to then, the good old analog slide projector was the highest quality option that there was for projection. And I, I remember back in the 90s, in, a, in like in a business setting, having a PowerPoint slideshow transferred to 35 millimeter slides to project in a meeting in good quality, that was not unusual. So, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard to hard to imagine these days. Um, so I've done some googling uh, in the hope that I would find a solution for you, and I, I did find stuff. Uh, I I found a service. Um, first of all, if I found one that was apparently out of business. And what makes this hard to find is that when you search for, if you, if you just put in the search box, digital to film transfer, Google will find a lot of digital uh, film scanning services that transfer film to digital, which is the wrong way around for what you're looking for. But uh, I don't easily give up. I have a lot of pride in my, in my Google foo. And I found, uh, for example, I found xslides.com, ex slides.com uh, they're in Ohio and um, their website says Express Slides has been helping artists, movie theaters students, graphic designers and photographers with award winning 35mm slides made from digital files for over 20 years and when they wrote that sentence that was probably 10 years ago <laughs> and uh, it's yeah the whole thing is not cheap but uh, give give them a call see if, see if they're still in business and and uh, if they're still doing this. Now, now, the reason the reason so many of these businesses aren't around anymore is, of course, on the one hand, that, that not, not many people need their services anymore. But uh, then there's also the fact that there isn't that much slide film around anymore, or rather none, really, in the 35mm format. I mean, yeah, Kodak's Ektachrome is now coming back. They have uh, They're reviving that. I don't think it's in the stores just yet. At least I haven't seen it. Um, so that's a good sign. Uh, but until now, if if you were running a, a digital to slide transfer business, uh, you better have a few extra freezers in the basement to stockpile enough material. And I guess those who are still in business, that's exactly what they've done. Uh So did I mention I'm proud of my Google abilities? Because it took me a bit to get the search terms right, but then I did, and I found even more services that still offer what you're looking for. 
Uh, there's one called colorslide.com. There's one at slidesfromdigital.com. There's uh, some one bermangraphics.com. There's a gammatech.com. Uh, so that's not as many as there used to be 20 years ago, but there still are a few. So Joshua, thanks for the question. I'll put those links in the show notes for you. So uh, now it's on you to do your research and see if they're still around. Before we get to the next question, just a reminder to everyone, you can get your question answered here on the show. Just record something on your smartphone, send it to voice at tfttf.com and I'll be happy to answer it here on Tips from the Top Floor. Robert, you're next. Hi, Chris. Love your show. I really enjoy listening to it. I have a really geeky question to ask that you might shed some light on. There are two basic descriptions of color, a circular and a linear. What I mean is an RGB reference of color is circular. And how does that mesh with the linear or graph of color that is wavelength? It just, I don't see how this is going to affect what I do or how it all fits together. But it's something that I haven't worked out exactly what, how it works. Thank you very much. Really enjoy your show. Bye. Thanks, Robert. Uh, color is, yeah, that's an this is an interesting topic because uh, it made me look a few things up that I kind of knew, but um, I didn't know I could go into a lot of depth. But let me try. Okay, so um, there are several ways to show color in a, in a graph. Uh, well, the simplest one is purely by wavelength. So that is linear. That's the visible light, and it... We know the visible light, right? You have seen you have seen a rainbow, so that's pretty much what it is. Begins right outside the red spectrum in infrared, but we can't see that, so normally that's shown as black. And then it goes towards the shorter wavelengths with rising energy towards from red towards well to orange, yellow, green, blue, violet, uh, rainbow, right? And into into black again, which we can't see because outside the visible spectrum, that's UV uh, next to violet. And um, that's, again, displayed as black usually. So so it's basically a, a rainbow with black on both sides. That's kind of the linear uh, model. And then there's the circular model, which we also call the color wheel. And that's a bit different, even though it's very similar. But uh, this is more about organizing colors and how they blend. So the color wheel, just a little bit of history, goes back to Isaac Newton. He's credited with inventing the first color circle. And uh, I've a link to an article where, where I got this from. Uh, uh, let me read to you. Newton placed the prism in front of a thin beam of light and created a rainbow of colors, demonstrating that white light is composed of many colors. To illustrate this, he created a color wheel. Newton's wheel contained the seven colors in the rainbow, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. When the colors merge together, they appear white. And that was in 1666. And then over 100 years later, the German writer Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, who was also very interested in kind of the natural world, he picked up Newton's color theory and began to uh, to work on the color wheel. And then in 1855, uh, the physicist Maxwell, he's the one who defined red, green, and blue as the primary colors from which all other colors can be created. And... Uh, there's <laughs> there's just one color in the color wheel that 
is a bit different than the others, and that's magenta or purple. Because if you, if you compare the rainbow with a color wheel, the color wheel has the colors of the rainbow in it, in the order of the rainbow. So that is very similar, but the rainbow doesn't have magenta. So the big question here is, where does that come from? How does that work? And, well, I told, I told you the color wheel is about mixing color. And um, there's a great little YouTube video that uh, I'll link in the show notes. And uh, there you can see if you shine a red and a green light on the same spot on, on a wall, you'll get yellow. But in our eyes, our cones in the eyes cannot see yellow. There's red there's cones for for red light there's cones for green light and for blue light pretty much so how does yellow happen when you mix them um if you look on the on the rainbow on the on the on the, on the linear uh colors yeah that's between green and red right the yellow is between green and red so it's kind of it fits that it's in the middle um if you do the same with green and blue then you get cyan and again, that is between green and blue on the rainbow or on the color wheel. So far, so good. But now it gets really interesting because uh, <laughs> if you if you shine red and blue on the same spot on a wall, now again, what is between red and blue on the on the on the rainbow or on the color wheel? Well, they are on opposites end of the spectrum. So in the middle, there would be like the rest of the rainbow, including green, yellow, cyan, and so on. Um, but that's not the case. When you shine a blue and a red light on the same spot, then you get magenta. And that is kind of mind-blowing. I think it is, because... Um, it, yeah, magenta doesn't really exist. It's in your mind. <laughs> I find this funny. Um, now, of course, the other colors also don't exist. So the the yellow doesn't really exist because our eyes do not see yellow they see red and they see green so um it is really interesting that the the mix of two of two different colors makes a third color and uh yeah we don't have yellow receptors we don't have cyan receptors we don't have magenta receptors in our eyes our brain makes up those colors so yeah but again, this is this is what the color wheel is about. It's about mixing colors, and uh, in physics, in physics, we don't have magenta. It does not exist. All right, that was it for today. And thanks to Masterclass for supporting this episode of Tips from the Top Floor. And of course, thanks everyone else for being around. You guys are awesome. And who's also awesome are the patrons who support this well, this show with um, with a constant stream of little donations. Starts at one dollar, and yeah, it's it's awesome that you guys are there. So here, without further ado, is the list of the wonderful patrons who actively support the show 
Jeremy Kirwin, Jeffrey Block, Alex Croso, Bernhard Goldbach, Daniel Hertrich, Ken Davidson, Leslie Ridlin, Marco Binder, Matt Armstead, Peter Morrow, Scott Wurzel, Tom Stewart, Eran Pinasov, Stu Silverman, Alan Bruce Horn, Andrew B., Anthony Bartik, Boski, Chad Lake Clark, Chandra, Christopher Greenhill, Dave Smith, David Recht, N. Kyung, Francesco Scaglioni, Greg Anastasi, Holger Krupp, James Trimble, Jim Caldwell, John Donahue, Josh Hopko, Just Me AMR, Ken Berrien, Kyle Nishioka, Marvin Aaron, Michael Grunert, Peter M. Spradling, Rob Duber, Robert Goschko, Ryan Gilio, Zina Fahad, Steven Sandler, Thomas Nielsen, Trevor Palmer, and Woody. Thank you all so much. And everyone else, if you want to hear your name on the show, consider joining this wonderful group of awesome people at tfttf.com slash Patreon. Thank you. Music for the show by Jeff Smith, sound partner Hans-Peter Gagerud, publishing and Slack challenges by Release Pixie, Matt Rapsitar, Armstead, Slack invitations by Chief Invitation Officer, CEO Rusty Russ, who's on vacation right now, but I'm taking over for the time. The link to get on the Slack is in the show notes, tfttf.com slash Why Slack? My name is Chris Marquardt. You'll find me on social media at Chris M A R Q U A R D T. Now go out and take amazing photos, share them with the world, be nice to each other, and happy shooting. <laughs>